what is up, Internet? We all dance by ourselves. That's why we only play electronic music. My name is Matthew Kroll. And I am Shahir Dow. Where were you? I was looking for you. I was masturbating behind those trees over there. Perfect. (laughs) Oh my God, guys, welcome. This is the only podcast about movies. It is a absurd satire of life and love through podcasts. That is is what we do. Wow, that's a, why isn't that on our fucking pull quote? (laughs) That was brilliant. I almost teared up there. Really? This episode is. Do we have pull quotes? We should have pull quotes. We should. We should. What would be a pull quote? You just did the pull quote. An absurd satire of love and comedy. No, you fucked it up. It's over. It's over. How can I fuck up my own poll quote? Because you did it great the first time and you fucked it up the second time. Anyway, this is the only podcast about the lobster. It's also the only podcast where Shahir gets daily abuse from Matthew Kroll. Hey, if you ever get abuse from me, you'll fucking know it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Just looked off to the side. I wish you could see it. He just took a sip of his drink. He's like. Okay. It was the kind of thing when you're arguing with your spouse and you, they, the Wait. spouse just wants you to shut the fuck up. You just like kind of agree and hope they go away. Oh, but okay. I never go away, Shahir. I know. You're here in my periphery the whole time. Yeah. When I, I want to have an intelligent conversation about movies. Nowhere to be found. Yeah. Here you are. Loves it. Uh, no, but this movie, I was very excited to see. And... um. I see. I hear the word "was" in your voice. What are you talking about? Oh, I think it's great. This is fucking awesome. This is a great movie. Uh, no, because it was again something that I like it when I get excited for films that aren't the normal genre that I get excited for. It was funny because I think you asked me to see Neighbors Two or this. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, yeah, it's two it's fucking movies. They're both in the theater. And what is Neighbors Two? Hilarious romp through the thing about moving next to a sorority of a bunch of hot chicks, and then the other one is an esoteric look at the way people are treated either whether they're single or in relationships in our current metaclimate of humanity. So I don't know what the <laughs> fucking difference is. I was curious when you when you pitched me this movie. Usually I would pitch you something like this, but I you know. you were like, "Hey, I want to see this movie The when Lobster." You, when are you going to pitch me a superhero movie, you hear? Never. I know. Never. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, no, this movie, I was psyched for it. I thought I thought um I thought it, it the premise the premise <laughs> No I am Before we get listen, started Listen listen this movie has a great personality great personality Before we get uh, into it Mr. Premature ejaculation over here Wait what How can people what what, what do we do here what, what's the what's the premise of this absurd satire of movies via via podcast Okay closer it's better than your second attempt but not as good as your first What we do is we pick a film um, and there, that once a week we go over it for about an hour we talk you through it we hold your hand and, and basically try to audibly hold your hand uh, for legal reasons and we basically break down the film and at the end of it decide if we think it's worth your time or not uh, and interestingly this is the uh, our personality wise is really important in a film like this sure this, if you don't know us if you don't know us yet uh, my name is Shahir Dad. I am slightly more uh, I will just say it, snotty, snobby. I was going to say snooty, yeah, yeah but snooty. snotty, sure. No, I just, I, I like challenging movies, and I like finding films that are hard to find. I'm not, I, I do enjoy blockbuster movies, which we tend to do a lot of, but I, but I, I tend to be more disappointed to them than most. 
Um, whereas Matt, how would you describe yourself if I, if I'm not going to put words in your mouth? I like fucking awesome shit and I love seeing it on the big screen and I love watching a whole bunch of cool stuff happen. But not only that year, I also like things with heart and feeling and something to say behind them, which most of the films I enjoy have, or I can at least separate it enough where I can, uh, enjoy myself. So with dear my listener, lizard if, brain. if you heard the self deprecation in my voice, there is none of that in Matthew Crowley. He is like Metal. pop star. So humble. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so this was an interesting. So we've done films. Obviously, look, I, I think these are more of the kinds of films we should do. But we've done films like this before, like A Pigeon Sat on a Branch Reflecting on Existence, like the film that you again chose, uh, Youth as well. Yes. Um, so so why, why were you excited by this movie? I know why I was excited. Well, I was curious by this movie. Okay. Uh, I was excited for this movie because it took something that I always find very interesting. Uh, the psychology behind relationships and pairing and monogamy and all that stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It takes that sort of a really deep dive look as at human beings, sort of the psychology behind all of it, but with the really weird, crazy kind of sci-fi twist <laughs> that they don't, Particularly, and I say sci-fi loosely because you're not going to see anything in this movie that remotely resembles sci-fi. It's kind of like a weird alt-reality or slight future thing. But basically, the premise behind this film is uh, if you're a certain age, I guess, and you're broken up with or whatever, and you're still single, you go to this hotel and uh, you have 45 days, depending on a couple different things, to find a partner, a suitable partner that you will match with. Uh, in this hotel and to become a couple. I, I think it's even further than that. You have to fall in love. Sure. Yeah. You, you have to, yeah, for whatever reason. But love in this movie looks very differently from what we, you and I would consider sort of love in a weird way. In certain spots. In the, in the, in the hotel version of love in this movie, it's different. Right. But the, the catch-22 of this whole beast is, yeah, you get to do this thing uh, at this hotel and try to find your soulmate. However, if you don't, by the time the day is up, they turn you into an animal. Any uh, animal you want. Any animal of your choice. Yes. Uh, and that, they say, gives you a second chance to find a mate as that animal. Right. Uh, and they don't really, um, especially in the trailers and things, they don't ever talk about how it happens or what it works or why <laughs> this whole world is there, which I, again, love that sort of thing. Um, and that, to me, uh, is just sort of like just enough of a twist on a psychological concept that I'm already interested to get in my butt in the theater. Right. And it's, it sounds like a science fiction concept, but it's, but this is not a science no. fiction movie at all. It's a, it's, it, it, it you know, it would it really, now I've, uh, I've seen uh dog tooth by this filmmaker, Yorgos Lanthimos. Have you seen dog tooth or do you know, do, do you know of it? Or? I don't. What is dog tooth? Dog tooth is his pre, well, it's actually not his previous film, but, um, it, the previous film is a film called Alps. Uh, but Dogtooth was nominated for Best Foreign Film uh, a few years ago. Um, he's a Greek filmmaker, obviously. And Dogtooth, uh, I I saw it on Netflix. I'm not sure if it's still available on Netflix. Mm. Um, Always changing that Netflix. Yeah, but it actually shares a lot of uh, a lot in common with this film. So Dogtooth is a film about three uh, about a group of isolated teenagers who live in this compound with their parents, completely isolated from uh, the rest of humanity. And their parents are basically teaching them um, a way of life that is completely warped and different to what we would know. Oh. So, so for example, they teach them words wrong. Like they see a plane and they call it a dog. They see oh, a, a so, pool. that's so smart. They they see a pool and they and they call it. Uh, a hamburger or something like that. My dad and, did that to me, actually. Really? Did I tell you the Eddie the Eddie Vedder story? Did I ever tell you this? 
the we'll Pearl Jam story. L- let's okay. <laughs> so basically, again, with this, the theme of Dogtooth, my dad told me always growing up that the lead singer of Pearl Jam's name was Eddie Bedwetter. <laughs> okay, and again, it's not the same, but it's yeah. similar. So I went through life into college, yeah, thinking that his name was Eddie Bedwetter to the point where I got into a fight with a dude at a party over it because I said my dad told me that his name was Eddie Bedwetter. His name is Eddie Vetter, as of any course. sane person yeah. knows. And I had egg on my face. But no, the concept of that has always fascinated me. And it goes even beyond that, like colors, like what you see as blue is yeah. not necessarily what I see yeah, as blue, like a, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's, the, it's, it's basically like an exploration of the study of semiotics. And, and the thing is, is that in that film, it gets very warped and disturbed, which is why I didn't want you to tell a story about your dad, because it's really about, you know, like it's about how these cho- these these adults are abusing their children like they oh that was abuse my dad that there's the one the one time my dad mentally abused me was telling me that the lead singer of pearl jam's name was eddie Eddie Bedwetter. so uh there's a scene there's one there's many disturbing scenes in dogtooth there's one scene in particular that will haunt me till till for the rest of my life um so he uh, janos is a yagos sorry is a Awesome name, first of all. Yagos Lanthimos. Yeah. Well, he's Greek, you know. It's got the That's Greek an awesome name. name. The Greek name, you know. Um, he is known for this absurdist satire. Like, that film does, plays in the same sort of uh, uh, droll, uh, flat... Uh, the way we black, talked in the beginning. Yeah, flat black comedy kind of right. style. Uh, but where anything can possibly happen, as it does in The, lobs- in, in the Lobster. Yeah. Um, so I had seen that film. I... 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 You know, the weird thing is I'm not sure I enjoyed Dogtooth, but it certainly stayed with me. It it sat with, and like, you know, I can still, rec- as I mentioned, a, a scene that haunted me forever is still with me today. And I still remember. Is it the, in the room with us? The scene? Yeah. It's with you right now? It's with me right now. God standing behind me, uh, haunting me uh, as we speak. And it's very, very uncomfortable as I wear these pants. Now, um, the. <laughs> God, don't move. The. Did I enjoy Dogtooth enough to see it again? I don't know that I did, but I certainly appreciated it as a as. But you're glad you saw it once. I'm glad I saw it once, and I would probably watch it again. I just haven't been compelled to do it. Haven't found the mood. Haven't found the mood to do it. And he is he is what I was what I was particularly compelled by was his style. You know, like this is a filmmaker with a certain take on the world and a certain style. And oddly, it reminded me of. Kubrick and Dr. Strangelove, you know, this very flat mono, it's satire and it's meant to be slightly funny, but it's told in a completely dry, unaffected way. Right. Um, so that's, you know, so when you said we would do the lobster and the lobster has been receiving great reviews. Yes. Um, so I was very interested to see it. So now we've discussed the, the plot. We've discussed the, the, the general plot where you will go to a hotel uh, Colin Farrell plays the lead character yes. uh, who has obviously uh, his wife has left him uh, or in some capacity. Yep. Um, also, his brother, who he takes with him, who is now a dog. Yeah. Um, had failed at the hotel and now became a dog. So Colin Farrell is now entered into the hotel and uh, has decided that he will become a lobster for interesting reasons. I believe it was for um, because mm-hmm. they have blue blood like aristocrats. Mm-hmm. Um, they also can live to be a hundred and, uh, they're also, um, fertile for their their entire entire lives. lives. Interesting, (laughs) interesting point that will be brought up many times later. Um, and what we see in this hotel is a series of rituals, um, which are supposed to highlight the way in which relationships work or the way in which, um, relationships should work. And, And they're completely absurdist. 
Um, including like, for example, uh, as we mentioned, Colin Farrell wants to turn into a lobster. So he, uh, because they will be fertile for his entire life. And one of the, one of his daily tasks is to be seductively seduced by a waitress in a, in a way where she grinds on him to see when he will achieve an erection. Right. Um, you know, and it's kind of played in this like completely, she's like, shall we do it again today? And he's like, no, can we not? It's awful. And yeah. she goes, you need to do this. Yeah. Um, she edged the fuck out of him. She, it, yeah, she, yeah. Use modern terminology. You know, I just learned what ghosting is the other day. Jesus, Shahir. I know. I see. Now, I mean, maybe because I work on Guy Code and now uh, you know all those types of shows. Like, yeah. I, I've, I'm, I'm up with the kids. <laughs> right. So I knew what ghosting was a long time ago, which is not mentioned in this film. No. But um, you, ostensibly the the satire here is about the way in which modern relationships are formed. On the basis, you know, like modern relationships generally are formed by through algorithm at this point. You know, we have Tinder, we have dating sites um, that use algorithms in order to match people up. Um, and I think this film really takes takes a, a plays a satire with that idea that that the way relationships are formed is if there is a match, if there is something in common. And in in this film, yeah, the match is one to one. For example, Ben Winshaw is in this film, and he plays a character with a limp. And the match has to be, I need to find another character with a limp. Sure. <laughs> which I, which I, which actually I found pretty funny. I found pretty amusing. Um, I, sure. Yeah. So, so that's kind of the general gist of this movie. Matt, what do you think of the movie? Um, overall, I do have to say that I, I enjoyed it. The thing about it is it does a great job setting sort of the stage, but you have to, as a, as a viewer, come to terms with the fact that if you're there for the crazy premise and you want to sort of learn more about this world where this is a, a, a true thing that happens, you better be prepared for a goddamn drip feed of information because eh, eh, whoo, it's slow. Um, but that's not to say that other enjoyable thought provoking things don't happen while it's happening. I could just see someone watching the trailer for this and not quite realizing how artsy this art film kind of is in a weird way. Right. Uh, there's this, everything in this, movie is an analogy or an undertone or, or something else just sort of to get you think about things and in this case relationships so if you're going to be like oh fuck like what they can become animals how the fuck does that happen like there's it's maybe not, yeah there's one line from characters even in it they're like i heard they do it this way and they like describe how they think it's done yeah um Obvi i mean obviously the film isn't playing on the literal because because the first question anyone on a on a logical scale would ask was like why would anyone submit themselves to this Right, which I think you're you're in this world you're required to. Or so the the other the other side of this thing, and without and so I, I'm backtracking. I liked it overall. I liked it. I'm going to get into problems I had with it um, later on, but um, I I think it's worth a watch to see if you had the same problems. I will eventually talk about uh, you, the listener, not yeah. you, Shahir, who I'm staring at right now. Uh, and um, lovingly, yeah, way. no, just really harsh, just <laughs> like just like needle eyes. Um, but so in this world that they set up you'd go to this hotel if you want to find a mate but if you want to be single oh fuck you guys remember single life guys and gals am i right just going out fucking going doing whatever the fuck you want whenever you want well in this universe you gotta go live in the woods well i don't think being like you I, gotta go live in the woods well i don't think that being single is exactly like i think this is being single for the people that are in the hotel 
Like, it's not like being single for everyone in this world. It is, though, because, and again, we're going to jump around, but they go to the city, and the people always want to see their papers of their relationship yeah, and yeah, see yeah. if you're a couple yet. And the people that aren't, they either arrest or they run away to the woods, and they make their own community of single people. And that's even the joke we talked about about the electronic music. They're not allowed to touch in this community in the woods <laughs> because they they all have their own headphones, and they dance to EDM music sort of, like, on their own. Like, which, I, which I thought was a great visual Oh, game. it's hilarious. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, so there's, in this framework they've set up, you either are a couple and you live a normal-ish life in the city, although you have to prove you're a couple on occasions, uh, and, or if you were a couple and you lost it, you never became a couple, you can go to this hotel to try to fix the problem. The hotel almost felt like the government, even though they never, like, mentioned the government. Yeah. Uh, like, that's their, their program to make sure that, oh, we're not, we're not giving up on people. This is we're helping you. This is how we help you do this. Right, right. Um, and then if you if you reject it or you fail, uh, then womp womp you go to the woods. Also, one of the activities at the hotel is to go hunt the people with tranquilizer darts in the woods, <laughs> the single people, and bring them back. And the more people you bring back, the Lord. more days are tacked on to your stay at the hotel before you become an animal, giving you more time to find that perfect match. You here. <laughs> I mean, and I think all everything you just described is a really good analogy for the way dating is. Now, I haven't been single for 10 or more years now, so I really... I really got don't, don't know what it's like. I would be so interested to see single Shahir. Like, right. I want to know, like... I think it would be very sad. Were you ever single? So you never online dated at all? No, I never online dated. Wow. Yeah. I've You're like a fossil. <laughs> I met my girlfriend on Tinder. Right. Yeah. I've never used Tinder. I've never used any online dating platform. I, I've had like friends staying with us who are on Tinder and I'm obsessed with like, how does this freaking thing work? And like, I'm curious as to like, but I, I know, was like Picasso on that fucking thing. I don't drive. I'm what, a you shitty. Cut your ear off? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm not a great, uh, how do I put it? Uh, <laughs> now that we're giving personal information. No, online. sure. No, no. But like ladies, we are I not fucked up, single. I fucked up. <laughs> I fucked up so much on online dating for a long time. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I was on OkCupid for a bit. Um, I tried match for like a month and, and oh, you're right. This movie is a perfect analogy for all of those experiences. So anyone who's had that experience, you'll watch this movie. You'll be like, this feels weirdly familiar other than the fact I'll become a donkey. Um, the way that, that I think young people, and when I was young and I use that, that's why I'm saying, uh, approach online dating is so weird and broken. I think it's a wonderful tool. And I think once I figured out the game and I think Tinder, and I think there's another one that my buddy's on. Uh, it's like, uh, I don't know the name of it, but it's like uh, situational. It's like people that are around you. It's not just like Tinder, like your locations. Like it has to do with like how many times you walk by this person. Right. It's a city app right. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But like, there's a, there's a method. There's a way that's to use these tools. It's funny because that's actually how I met my wife. But, in without any algorithm, we would just see each other walking past each other. And you spoke? And we spoke. Oh, that's, that's literally how we met. So weird. Yeah. I yeah. love the fact that talking to people is weird now. Because if you go up to back even, uh, you know, two and a half years ago or whatever, when I was single, you go up to a girl in a bar, there's a 50-50% chance that she's going to be like, why the fuck are you talking to me? Yeah. I mean, because I'm that charming, I give myself a 50% chance. Maybe but, your version of dating is different to like Brad Pitt's version of dating. Uh, no, it's probably, it's probably, we're probably on <laughs> Probably, probably on uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, um, I, I, but to get back to your original question, I 
personally think I I would probably be a little bit like Colin Farrell, uh, you know, like who was married. And then if they no, had, see, I don't think you would be though. I, I think I have zero game, and I don't understand. Now, yes, yeah. ten years in, you have zero game. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> but I'm saying back in the day, fucking young, hungry Shahir. <laughs> I, I, I have a hard time believing that you wouldn't fucking roll online and just fucking drop mics and hearts I don't, everywhere. I, I really think I would. And I'm not being, I'm not insulting you. Like, I truly believe this. No, but I, I really think that, I guess, you know, if we were talking about this in relation to the film is that I, this, this world of like connecting through you know, like finding common interests is something that I don't know. And, you know, heaven, it's hard. Heaven forbid I ever have to. Um, it's it's hard. It, yeah, it, I can imagine it's incredibly difficult. And you latch on to things. It's very interesting. Online dating, you and, and, and this is why I liked Tinder better than I liked OkCupid. OkCupid, you write this whole fucking goddamn profile yeah, and yeah. you got to be clever, but not too long winded. And you have to make sure you put your interests, but not like all your interests, because then people will think you're weird. Like that sort of level of nonsense, this sort of like half truths yeah. sort of thing. And this movie brings that up. We'll talk about like the nosebleeds in a little bit that the, the limping guy has to do to get his mate. <laughs> yeah. But um, like there's this level of like dishonesty in your profile. And I never lied on my profile, yeah. but I also didn't put, for instance, how much I enjoyed video games. Right. And that sucks because to be honest, that's a big part of my life yeah. and a part of my life that I am a hundred percent not ashamed of. But at the same time, if I'm trying to find someone to date me, <laughs> chances are I probably shouldn't lead with that. Right. So like, but then with, so, so it's like you have to do this game of concealment in some way. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's why Tinder, I feel like, and I think this movie is more on, on, a on the Tinder. line. No, no. I think this movie is more like online dating, like, okay, Cupid ish. I mean, Tinder is so perfect because it's initially based on just your look. And I'm a firm believer. You can't be with someone that you're not attracted to. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, at, a, at a base level. Yeah. But then it's just such minimal information plus such minimal, like I had a rule, like I wouldn't speak to them. I would only say three lines before asking to get like a drink or a cup of coffee, depending on how the, the conversation was going. Right, right. Because the second you fucking start, keep going, you keep going and keep talking. You've already said everything interesting. And when you meet up, you're not going to have anything fuck talk about. Yeah, yeah. I digress. This movie is a perfect analogy for the, the way you said you hear the systems in which we plug ourselves into to find people to consistently have sex with and possibly start a family with. And it's kind of nuts. It's kind of crazy. And, and I think, you know, that's what. Um, that's what this movie's saying. Yeah, and that's what you know, like uh, Dogtooth was about as well, is in the way in which we can manipulate the way, uh, you know, in the way in which we disseminate information to sure, children sure. can affect their lives for the rest of their lives. The way we choose our relationships will affect your life for the rest of your lives. Like, yeah, and it's weird because I don't think that the film is like a one-to-one relation. It's not like this is exactly how this works in our in our world. It's not a perfect analogy. It does what he's what he's really good at is setting up a world with its own rules. And the rules get crazier and crazier, and they're all completely made up. Right. Um, you know, obviously, the biggest conceit in this film is that at some point you will become a lobster. You can you can choose to become an animal. Um, or you're forced to choose to become an animal. Everything is sort of well, like this. Are you for- See, that's a, the, the actual question. Yes. So I was, as I was watching this film, I was thinking about the questions I had, which were, sure. which were at some point the film becomes about who is going to be a suitable mate for Colin Farrell. Right, a suitable partner. But the 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 question that goes before all of that is, what is this a voluntary exercise? No, no. I think and I think the way the movie and again, there's this is never clearly stated. This is yeah. my take on it. Yeah. Is 
the way that, that everyone treats this hotel, the way that everyone treats people when they go to the city, there's three locations in this movie. There's the hotel, the woods, and the city. Yeah. Okay. When they're in the city, they have to all pretend. So they have to either be in a couple or pretend to be in a couple with even fake couples papers. Yeah. Right. So it's very authoritarian, which yeah. leads me to believe that Colin Farrell's character was paired off at one point. It went south for whatever reason. His wife died or left him or whatever it was. Yeah. And now. No, she left him because she asked the question right at the beginning. Does he wear glasses or contact lenses? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> He's obviously talking about this new partner. So, so, uh. Then the gov. I do feel like it's this hotel is a government program because otherwise, why would it be this sort of levels of tests and sort of like almost to the point of in this world, in the narrative of this world, I do believe the hotel is a necessity. The government say if you break, if you're living in the city, let's say this one location, and you are no longer paired off with someone, they send you to the hotel because they want to pair you off with someone else so you can be a good, productive member of couples society. And if you fail out, you become an animal. I don't know why that is, but that's the hook of the <laughs> whole mean, fucking thing. But the way, see, the way you're describing it is as though that that whether it's voluntary or not, a way the, the society works is important to the narrative of the film. And I, it don't, is. And I, it is I, I because, don't think it is. No, no, here we go. This is why. Because this whole thing, we're talking about like, yes, it gives great analogies about how people meet, right? Yeah. Uh, right? That's not what the film's about, though. The film is about how society treats people that choose to be single or choose to be coupled. Is it about how society chooses it or about how, because the thing- Treats, that, how society treats, not chooses. Chooses it or treats it, but is it- to me, the other thing is, is, is it comes back to the question of voluntary versus involuntary. I think that this is the actual way in which this society in this film organizes itself so that it's not Colin Farrell doesn't ever feel like he's being forced or he's rebelling against no, the but system. It, it feels like this is the system. Right. But in. again, just just hear me out here. United States. Let's just use the U.S. because I can't really but use I, every I, other country. The only reason I don't want to use the United States is that I feel like this is a very Eurocentric film. And okay. and I feel like well, like then you can correct me when I'm wrong about certain No 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 but but I feel like the the approach you're taking to looking at this film is slightly western centric or you're, or american centric I haven't even is, made my point yet but but well you've already you've already discussed about like how the you're trying to dissect how the system works and who's in charge and all that I'm and even I, talking I, beyond that I think you're describing things I'm not even going towards I just don't think that th those things are actually that relevant in the story. Well, can can I say what it is I'm thinking, and then you can disagree with it before no, you disagree no, with I'm gonna, before I'm the disagree with you before <laughs> you even think it. I am the thought police in this room. Goddamn it! You bring an art film to Shahir, and all of a sudden he fucking becomes the Gestapo. Um, Gestapo. My point being is that this film uh, is trying to highlight the way that sort of either couples or single people, mainly single people, although it paints the single people in a pretty shitty light too, yeah. um, are treated in society in general. And I'm going to use U.S. because I don't know others. Correct me if I'm wrong. In other, I'll say the global society, but chances are most places are a monogamous two-person relationship sort of thing on the planet, right? Is that a, is that a, is that a small view of mine? No, like, no, no, that's, that's, that, it's not your view on dating that I think is. I'm not is, talking about dating. I'm talking about to, to form a family. Yeah. It's normally um, uh, two people come together and form the family and have kids. And then that family sort of perpetuates. And that's sort of how our society, our, our socioeconomic structure is built. Right. No, I, I agree right? with that. I think the way in which you're discussing the mechanisms by which the 
society does that in this film. But this is, but I'm not, get get away from the movie for a second because I'm trying to get around it and we'll, okay, so we'll let's swing not on talk back. about the love. So let's talk about dating, man. How no, are you dating, but bro? But you're not, you're not even following remotely what no, I'm saying. I get what you're saying about like, Societies bring two people together in order to. There are enormous it. pressures in society to pair off and have kids. A hundred percent. There is an enormous pressure from from your local, from your, your either churches or your your family, or even the way sort of sitcoms and families and things are portrayed in me, mass media. That you are only happy if you are paired off and you start a family. Yeah, and I the only the, and this only, hold on, let me just finish my thought, and then you can disagree with that. I'm finally yeah. trying to get to the end of my thought. Yeah. The and this movie is calling out that in a very absurdist way to the point that in the world this movie is portraying, it has become fucking law. It has become this thing that you must do, or you either become a runaway and a social pariah in the rest of society, or. They turn you into an animal and don't have to even fucking deal with you anymore. Right. You know, I agree with that. And there's a there's an interesting commentary that this film has earlier on uh, when he's basically being interviewed at the hotel and he's asked what his um, what his sexual preference is. And he says he says women. And then he says, but I had a homosexual encounter when I was uh, when I was in college. And is there, and he, she asked, he asked, is there an option for bisexual? Yeah, is there a bisexual option? They and say she, no. no, that, no. And they actually go, yeah, we used to, but it, it didn't, didn't work. It didn't work out anymore. So we, we decided to get rid of that. And I think the film kind of, um, you know, that's an interesting commentary on the way in which society organizes itself into coupledom. And it's, and I think it's because it's, a bisexual person will never be seen as the cleanest sort of option to start that two person well, unit. Although the film does like in that, in that, sequence they do say you can either be heterosexual or homosexual. I know but it's still pairing do you understand like it's not even it's and I <laughs> know I two men I think I understand well no because you've been work. interrupting me a bunch I'm trying to I want to make sure I'm being clear I'm, that's not a that's not a condescending <laughs> remark to you I ramble a bunch I want to make sure I'm getting my point across okay keep going so there's the two if it's a man and a man or a woman and a woman yes biologically mm-hmm. you can't have kids but they can adopt children hell in this movie a, a, homo, a, a heterosexual couple is given to a family <laughs> to help them a homosexual a child is given into a heterosexual, heterosexual couple. couple. Yeah, no, I agree. I think I think what I'm sort of I, I just want to be cautious about is dealing with the satire as literal in this in this world. The satire I, is not literal, of course. The satire is not literal, and I think the rules of the satire shouldn't be taken as literal either. The rules of the way this this world works, I think we I think it's it's important to have like a loose understanding of how the world operates in in so much as how it affects the satire. But it's not. I don't think it's necessary. To know, is it the government did this? Is it the, you know, like, I think it is. I I, I, I 100% think it is. Because the satire in itself is is kind of where the jokes come from. Yes, oh, this is how people interact on an individual one-on-one sort of level. Oh, this is funny because he needs to find someone with a limp. Oh, he makes his nose bleed to match the cute girls whose nose bleeds, and that's what brings them together and makes them an official couple in the eyes of this hotel. But also, I think the, the, the way in which the society is brought together is an entirely voluntary system. Like, it's not like... I don't it's, think it's, so. I, I, well, why is Colin Farrell not rebelling against this? I mean, he does at one point... But not because he's not trying to run away from this this process. If he could find love in that hotel, well, he eventually he, runs away from that process. But if he could find love in that, ho- like he doesn't like he isn't arrested and taken to the hotel. He just 
He's like, oh, okay, yes, I'll do this. Uh, this is my brother. This is the dog. This, right. If you get, but, but again, it's a voluntary system in society. I, and, and if, and in I, society, if you get like a speeding ticket, you don't run away from your speeding ticket. You go to the fucking courthouse and you go deal with it and you do whatever they say and you take the class and you do whatever and then you move on with your life. But that's I think the equivalent. Only this is now taking it one step to the absurdist in relationships. And I think it's I think it's important to note that this is it's about the way in which people organize themselves and believe and have these beliefs and not, and not it's about how society organizes people. Right now that, well, it, I mean, society is made up of people, but and also, people, but and also people, the ideas the, that people have perpetuated forever create that society. And the question is, is are they voluntarily part of the society or are they involuntarily part of the society as much in the way that like, say if you were part of the Gestapo, which we mentioned Ooh. earlier, um, would you, you know, do you have voluntary agency in this? And I think, and I think the thing that's interesting in this film is that they have voluntary agency. This is just the way that they believe this world works. Sure, but I think it's the same as like, yes, they, they're no one's dragging them from the city to this hotel and saying, stay the fuck here. Yeah. But there's the social connotation in this film throughout yeah. every character saying that like, if you don't do this, you're either going to become an animal or you're going to go to the woods. Like, and that's basically ostracizing people that aren't part of a societal norm, whether right. or not, whether, and I do think in this world, they set it up fairly clearly. And I, and people can see different stuff. I totally yeah. get that. that whether or not there's a stronger hand pushing that to happen. Yeah. But I also think it's, it, it, that is important to sort of look at too, because it is like, I have to go back to sort of like government agencies putting in, infringing will on on individuals and by that i mean like i'm trying to think of another thing for instance the healthcare system okay like you there's two options in this fucking country <laughs> don't get me started on this i know topic. i know yeah. but it's it's either you pay a fine for not having health insurance or you go buy dirt quality low budget health insurance obviously there's better ones as you go up or if you're with a company and whatnot spend more money you know what i mean yeah. so like but Say you don't do either of those things, what's going to fucking happen? Yeah, they're not going to drag you to jail initially, but that slowly fines will accrue. And eventually, eventually, 10 years down the line, you could get arrested. So I feel like it's that soft hand here. Yeah, and I, again, I agree with the soft hand thing. I guess what I... It's I, not like the Nazis. It's not like, you know, it's not like someone's like dragging you to this hotel and saying, fall in love. But societally... I want to get across that I do feel like the film is trying to portray the pressures of people becoming couples. That's what I'm what I truly believe part of this film is about. Oh, absolutely. I I I definitely think that's what the film is about. And cuz I, I cuz I think the thing that I'm sort of worried about us when we dissect this film is trying to figure out the world in which this film operates. Whereas I think what the film is more interested in is the way in which we create these boundaries for ourselves and feel like we have to fall into them i think it's both honestly but we can let we've been talking about my side of this let go into what you're talking about go into like the boundaries thing because the, well, I, I i i was I, talking like from a world like a world sort of thing and yeah. kind of trying to tie in the world that the movie built in yeah. sort of like giving the parallels to our world but like let's talk more about the microcosm sort of about the characters in the film well because because i think the the microcosm thing that i am curious about is the way in which the film ends, which I think is... Uh, let's is, not get there yet. But that's going to be a big talking point oh, for us. Boy. Um, so we'll get to that in a moment because the, the ending is definitely... And by a moment, we mean 15 minutes. Yeah, the point of contention <laughs> of this film. But I, but what I... Look, what I, I certainly... I enjoyed the satire and I enjoyed it on that sort of... Um, that the way in which everything is played completely dry, completely flat. It's, you know, like... For example, one of my one of my favorite it made me laugh out loud is when uh, a child approaches a couple 
and and oh, the child is told, "Oh, give him a kiss." I know, I know that man. And then the child approaches the man, and the man, you know, played by Colin Farrell, uh, says, "I don't, I wouldn't want a kiss from a stupid little girl like you. Get away!" And then he kicks her, like doubling her double over. And then and he says, "One day you'll remember that kick, and you know, and it'll it'll be a reminder of why you shouldn't approach men like me." And it was just like it's this whole scene that's played out completely flat, completely dry, completely matter of fact. So I I love just on a surface level the the mode of operation, the style, the 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 method. Of, you know, like we know Colin Farrell to be an expressive actor, and, and here he's not emoting at all. You no, know, and it's weird because you know I was thinking about it. You know, like he is a he's actually a, he's an actor with a lot of swagger. You know, like I'm thinking about his early yes. films like Tigerland. Yep. Um, you know, he he's a guy who like commands the scene. But everything that he's told to do in this film, and I feel like every actor is told to do in this film, is to is to deliver everything as flatly as and matter of factly as possible. Yes. Now now on that note, you know, I got I, I sort of thought back to Pigeon on this one. Yeah, uh, it too. actually reminds like, me of Pigeon. Very well. sort of flat, etc. But the, here's the difference. The and movie this, we're referring to is a pigeon sat on a branch reflecting on its existence. By to, uh, Roy Anderson, Go and you can see, out. and you can see why I just shortened it to what? Pigeon. Yeah, yeah. Um, third episode in the podcast. Check after you watch the movie. Check out the review. Yeah. Um, but the reason why I think it worked better in Pigeon, to be honest, than here, like I think this is a good choice, and I liked it. Yeah. But and and, and this is going to be a weird sentence. <laughs> what? Uh, it was so monotone for so long. Right. I actually caught myself sort of being lulled to sleep. Right. Now, because again, it's not that the film isn't interesting, but it's a slow burn. And, and I felt like maybe it was a little long. I yeah. feel like you could have chopped maybe 10 or 15 minutes out of it. And not really lost much. Yeah. Uh, that could be the editor and me talking. I, I don't know. Uh, but like, I really like, I caught myself like I was, Ooh, and like, yeah. I didn't miss anything. It was just during a conversation. Yeah. Uh, and I pieced everything together in my brain. I was fine. But like, I was like, wow, this thing, like <laughs> this thing put me so, I was so comfortable and just like, ah, like monotone will <laughs> do that after a while. Yeah. And that is kind of a problem for, for moviegoers like me, especially like I wanted to watch this cause I was super interested in it, but I couldn't imagine someone like wandering into this theater and like really staying awake for the entire thing randomly. You know what I mean? Like, I think you, you have to know the, the, not the genre, but the particular, you have to know what you're going for. You have to, you have to know what you're getting into. But I, I actually, I really enjoyed that style in terms of the way because the the absurdity of the film it is, makes it more absurd. Of course. Yeah, yeah. The extent at which the people do things to each other without any any human emotion or intonation whatsoever, yes. and I think and I found that very interesting and compelling and pretty funny for the most part. Yeah, you know? because you're pointing out things that are normally highly emotional, but you're doing them like a fucking robot. Exactly. Like for example, uh, grinding on on a man to provoke an erection. You is keep done. going back to that grind. Are you um, trying to? What are you trying to say, Sheer? I'm a very lonely. Your man. wife's out of town. <laughs> I'm a very, it's weird. very lonely man. It's weird. Um, uh, you know, like so. I, that to me was was pretty funny and the way that in which he kicked the child and the way in which and the way in which like uh first interactions are done and you know the thing that i loved about it as well is that john c riley in this yeah. in this movie yeah. and i felt like john c riley was playing like the eurovision of his character from step brothers you know like he was like kinda. he was kind of like are we best you know like uh, you're my best friend now and 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 at one point uh colin farrell kind of like dupes him into like it like uses that to 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 um get away at one point yeah to get away at one point by using that whole like you're my best friend kind of thing and it's 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 fun it, it becomes even hilarious when characters have to deceive other characters in the film 
And they do it in in the same way that they're acting to us. Right. And it, it's sort of like, it's even, it, it's it's one layer even falser. It's how hard, how hard is it to lie when you only have one inflection? Like, yeah. you know, like, what do you, it's. And, it's, and the, the, you know, just on a, you know, further than that, I think that that particular style actually works really well as a, as a reflection on the way in which we, um, we talk to each other in, you know, like there's a line from Colin Farrell where he says something along the lines of, I don't know whether it'd be worse to love someone who doesn't love me back or to, to pretend to love someone I don't, or to pretend to hate someone I loved. And, and it was something like that, something along those lines. And, and I think the, the, the way in which the satire works cleverly there is that everyone is certain because, the, because as you say, and I, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm, uh, I'm 50, 50 on this being forced to, or not being forced to because of the way in which the society is structured so that people have to find matches mm-hmm. in order to survive the, the impetus to, to, to be fake with each other is so much more profound, you know, like, so, but what, I think I, well, I think it's, it's so much more profound. And I, I agree. But like, also I think it mirrors, real it life. mirrors real life. Yeah. And, and, and Cause it, think about it. Think about how many single friends you hang out with now. Do you have a lot of single friends that you sort of hang out with still now that you're paired up or do you hang out with couples? I mean, you and I hang out, but we have a, you know, mutual you know, interest in outside of you. And it's not even this case. I don't have any friends. Okay. This is a different, <laughs> different topic of a podcast, but like, no, when you couple up yeah. when, and, and people like you end up just hanging out with couples most yeah. of the time, even, uh, you know, in friend groups that I have, like, it's still, even if they're not a couple, it's like, there's a, a, a equal number of guys and girls to it. Like, it's not like it was back in college. It's not like when I first moved to the city where it's just a big group of people and it could be a, any sort of mismatch. Right. Yeah. And that, and that has to do with getting older as well and get, and like people pairing off and wanting and to, society. Like, yeah. I, I don't see there's any reason why you, uh, on a, on a plane on the table, no societal pressures reason why 40 year olds couldn't live and have friends like they did sort of in college. There's right. no reason it couldn't happen except everyone's paired off because that's what you do. Right. But I think, you know, my point to the film is, is that once you, the, the, the pressure to pair off forces you into these conversations where you're trying to find matches and you're trying to find, and maybe the matches aren't really there. Aren't real, And that's what I think as the film goes on, that's what this film really plays on. So one of the important things that happens is, is that Ben Winshaw's character, whose name I forget now, I, I really love Ben Winshaw yeah, as, a, as an actor, by the way. Um, he is trying to find, you know, he's desperate to find a mate. And he, uh, he basically, he, everyone is asked to like give a little speech about themselves when they enter into the hotel. And, you know, so they, they all talk about their dis, de, defining characteristic. And he talks about how he has a limp. Um, and that's his defining characteristic. So everywhere he's uh, throughout the film, he's on the lookout for other people with a limp. And Colin Farrell even points out, points out, oh, there's a new person come in. I think she's got a limp. And he's like, no, nah, it's, it's, sprained it's, ankle. it's just a sprained ankle. It'll like, heal. She, She'll be walking normal in two she'll weeks. Be walking normal in two weeks. So then he finds uh, a woman whose defining characteristic is that she has she has constant nosebleeds or she has nosebleeds repeatedly. So he starts banging his head against the wall to get a nosebleed. Um, the violence in this movie, when it happens on occasion, is shocking in the sense of, I was like, oof! And I was yeah, like, yeah. I had to look away for a second. That, that's uh, uh, the scene in Dogtooth I'm talking about is like that, which is that, you know, like it's this right. d- d- 
film about semiotics and definitions, and then all of a sudden there's a piece of violence gotcha. that is just quite shocking. And they call it cotton candy. Um, <laughs> so, so I, you know, like, and what happens to him is that he eventually, like, once you coupled up with someone, so he finds this match that they have in common, that they both have nosebleeds. Yep. And so, for, therefore, they're an ideal match for each other. And then the hotel then puts you, uh, upgrades you into a double room and where you have to spend three weeks as a relationship. And if there's any problems, you will be assigned a child, which will usually help any, any you, arguments you any, have. That's any, what they say in the movie. That usually helps if uh, you don't agree. But that, That's such a great metaphor for like why some people have children. Yeah. As well. It's so good. Um, and then you, oh, our marriage isn't working. I bet you a kid will bring us together. Yeah. 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 And then you, you eventually have to spend time on a yacht. Uh, with the couple, uh, you know, yeah, so, like, so like you're only alone to yeah, figure yeah. out, yep. and then you and then you go back to society as it's a, so the 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 question that happens is is this match that is like is the match created out of fear or is the match created out of genuine and that's relationship? in life as and well, then, yeah. And then the other side of that is is which which is wrong, like like people fall in love over time. You know, like Indians, for example, have an entire culture of I arranged, was that up. yeah, of arranged marriages, and and uh, I I've known families that have arranged marriages. I've, we don't have one well, ourselves in our family, but uh, we we've I've certainly seen it. And the thing that happens there is that that couple over time falls in love, um, not always. And that's and I think I think the the reason for satire in this case as well is that is that not. There is no room in this satire for the people on the fringes. Sure, and, yeah. And then there is a beautiful second or third act, which which points to an area on the fringe where people are choose to be isolated by choice, and that it becomes a society with its own rules its and own its own rules own, and yeah. own counterculture and everything. And that's something. I, so again, we're talking about either the couples in the hotel in the city or the single people who live in the woods, yeah. and they're you know they're not allowed to touch. We they can masturbate into, whenever they want. Yeah, we should go into spoilers now. Oh, yeah, we're, yeah. I mean, we're in the spoilers. Yeah, we're That's in the spoilers. It. We're 40 minutes in. If you're here and expecting you're going to get, no, it's, yeah. yeah. Um, so eventually, uh, in, we'll just sort of get to the forest, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I the, the, the guy and the girl with the, the guy fakes the nosebleeds and they become a, a couple and, and then they sort of get their own room and they're eventually going to go to the yacht. So Colin Farrell decides he's going to fake himself into a relationship and he starts sort of, uh, courting this woman who throughout the movie has been called the heartless woman. She catches the most people, the most single people in the woods. And she's been there like 145 days. And she's sort of like this legend. And he decides that since her defining quality is that she's heartless, that he's just going to pretend to be heartless. <laughs> and he does hilariously. And he woos her by being heartless to the point where she tries to trick him in a hot tub that she's choking and, and dying after she eats an olive from a martini. And then uh, he doesn't save her. <laughs> and then she gets up and she goes, I think we're a match. And that, that plays into like an earlier um, scene that happens where they're trying to define what happens when a man is by himself and he's, he's sitting eating a meal and he chokes and he dies. Oh, yeah. And then, There's a whole bunch of propaganda going on. That's a play that the hotel puts on for the patrons. Oh, like, I loved it. Now man eating by himself and it's, he chokes and dies. Man eating with couple. The woman gives him the Heimlich and it's the end of the Woman, 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 by woman walking by herself gets raped. <laughs> yeah. Woman walking <laughs> with man. Nothing bad happens. Like, it's <laughs> like, fuck. And that's another reason why I feel like this. There's a little bit in the movie of a heavy handed thing being like, this is what's right. Yeah. You better do it. Or else, yeah. like it's, it's it's hilarious. Propaganda, to me that, yeah, it's hilarious to me that the uh, that the 
the downfall for woman is rape. The the downfall for man is choking and dying. You know, like, eat fast. Yeah. Um, so they, uh, the heartless woman and Colin Farrell get together and they're assigned a room and whatever, and it's going fine. Now this, <laughs> it? oh, no, it? it was going fine enough. <laughs> uh, but uh, one morning, uh, and this part was brutal. Oh, yeah. Uh, it goes too far. And there's an analogy here that I want to kind of get into a little bit um, is that she wakes him up and she says, hey, um, did, did I wake you? And he goes, no. He's like, oh, your brother, the dog, uh, was whining a bunch. So I wanted to be sure. And he, he's like, oh, why? He's like, oh, because I, I kicked him to death, basically, she says. And she's like, what? Yeah. Like, yeah, I kicked him and it sounded like this. And she like makes the dog noises and shit. And he's like, has to keep pretending. He's like, oh, like, you know, uh, it didn't bother me. I'm a very heavy sleeper. And he looks down her legs fucking bloody as shit. And then he goes into the bathroom and just sees a dog. His brother did literally kicked to death, like kicked for hours and it breaks him. And there was an interesting (laughs) sort of part in this because I was like, Think about, and I've been in relationships like this in the past. No, 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 no. But like, follow no, I'm me. Think, I'm just imagining a relationship where your, where your girlfriend kicked your dog to death. Yeah, well, uh, but no, but like in a, in a, as an allegory or whatever you want to fucking call it, it's like you change so much to be with the person you think you want to be with, right? You just, you, you, you're like, this is the person for me. Ah, it's okay that she is really into motocross or whatever the fuck that I'm not really into. Yeah. Uh, but I'll just go along with it. And then slowly, not only does it drive you mad, yeah. but also it pushes you away from your social groups that you're used to in the same way that the double room sort of pushes them away. And like, then like the brother represented sort of his old life in a yeah. weird way. And this woman, now that he's paired off with destroyed a part of his old life, and a I, part that he still cared about. And I think she's doing it because she's, she's, sensing that he's faking yeah she's testing him yeah and it's like testing in the worst possible way in this film it was brutal it was that was that was probably the most emotional part of the movie for me was that and it could have been because it was a dog or it could have been because i occasionally have human emotions (laughs) unlike Um, me yeah um so so that culminates in him basically uh she she catches him you lied you lied you lied and they run out and he she's basically gonna tell on him uh <laughs> and which would cause a huge punishment thing in this system you will get turned into the animal nobody wants to be which, right. I, I, which no one knows what it is they don't explain what it is but yeah uh so but then it, with the help of the um the waitress that like helps him get an erection or whatever <laughs> uh that she knocks her, her out he tranks her and then he turns her into an animal like in the transformation room i thought it was so funny it was just this non-pompous room it looked like a spa room like yeah, a yeah. like a sauna and it's a transformation room and they dragged her in there and then she trans we don't know what she transformed no. into but um then he runs away and the, the maid helps him run away and you find out later or the waitress and she actually is part of this resistance so to say of like single people she eventually goes to live in the woods and that's where the woods comes in we're running long on the tooth i'm sorry guys uh colin farrell ends up in the woods uh, and now has to follow all these other rules to mm-hmm. a stay alive for, or stay sort of not taken by the couple of people that come and hunt them with tranquilizer darts. <laughs> but also like you can't touch each other. You can have conversations, but never flirty. You have to dance alone. You can masturbate whenever you want. And that's great. Yeah. Uh, but you also have to dig your own grave because no one's going to dig it for you. It was a very like you're on your own no matter what. Yeah, yeah. Which I, I love the metaphor. And I, I actually, it, the thing was, is that there's a narrator throughout this entire film and we don't, and you know, this is probably an hour into this movie until we reveal this part of the world where the, the single people live. And we meet that narrator, which is played by Rachel Weiss, uh, the short-sighted woman. Um, and it turns out that Rachel, you know, this character is short-sighted just like Colin Farrell is. So he's kind of in a dilemma now, which is that he's escaped, he's retreated to the society where 
where everyone is wanting to be single, uh, but he's found his perfect match in this society. Rachel Wise. Uh, which, again, I just, I love the, to me, it was, it's a real, the only word I can think of is that the metaphor was delicious and it was kind of always creating new scenarios that were e like equally delicious, you know, like it was mm -hmm. just kind of like getting juicier and juicier as it went along. I must be hungry or something. That's why I'm using food metaphors right now. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, so I love this segment. Now, uh, so basically now the film becomes about Colin Farrell in, uh, and Rachel Weisz in this singles retreat or singles woods, resistance yeah. in yep. the woods or whatever it is, basically trying to conceal the fact that they're having a well, relationship. Romeo and Juliet action going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that is obviously in, contra in, in contrast to what the leader of this group wants, uh, played by Leah Seydoux. Um, but also I, f I find it very interesting that, that we, we follow them when they go vacation in the city, the, the, the leader of the resistance, uh, has still has to go visit her parents and has to go with a man and go with her couple friends and like pretend they like pretend, they're normal. Yeah. They have to pretend like they're couples. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, and so the, the film, you know, like the conflict becomes about them trying to have this relationship, but of course it's, it's all done kind of in this similar flat monotone absurdist style where it's equally absurd that they're trying to like create this relationship and the co they, they come up like dog tooth. And I, I think, I think semiotics is an area that this director is obviously really interested in, but like, you know, like coming up with codes and symbols for what, for how they um, feel or what they want to do with like yeah, hand and, symbols. And oh, yeah. well, it's brilliant because if you turn to your left, it means I love you for, I, I love you so much. I can hardly bear it. And if you turn to your right, we're in danger. And she was like, we had to really work hard not to get turning yeah. to my left and turning to, to the right. point. Eventually, uh, when something happens later down the line and, and uh, Rachel Weiss just needs to be described something of how they need to do it, they actually speak it in this. They're like, I move my arm left, I turn three quarters of an inch, and then I point <laughs> forward while moving my left foot back. And she's like, oh, we have to go now. Yeah, like, yeah. that's the sort of interesting yeah, yeah. Like, that, shorthand. Well, well and it's, it, it, it's reminiscent of the way in which relationships, you form your own language. With a, sure. You know, like, a hundred percent. You can you completely come up with your own language. God, Robin and I were in a social situation. Uh, <laughs> uh, maybe, uh, I don't know a month ago two months ago and we were talking with someone and like to the point where they said something and we both rolled with it we did whatever <laughs> but like the second we left like we knew the other one would have something remote like holy fuck like what the hell like but it's like you know you glance over you're like <laughs> yeah, yeah. and like you know you a hundred percent get used to that person and uh you have that complete language yeah. vernacular with the other person yeah um yeah. So let's just sort of speed through to get to the end because I feel like the end is where the sort of meat and potatoes is. Because at this moment, to be honest with me, and I don't know how you felt, Shahir, this is where I started feeling it get long in the tooth in the sense of before the entire world interested me. But after maybe 10, 15 minutes in the wooded world, only Colin Farrell and Rachel Weisz's uh, relationship interested me and nothing else really did right. uh, it, the, the, the analogy and the animal thing kind of goes way the fuck away. And now it just becomes about two people that aren't allowed to fall in love, falling in love. And it's interesting, but it's a different kind of interesting. It's not a societal sort of like outlook on the way we handle these things. It's now like, oh, fuck, will they, won't they make it? And I've seen that before. Yeah. Now, uh, what are we going to say? Well, I was going to say, I, you know, as an extension of that, uh, I, I did. I really enjoyed this part because I, I did find. I find Rachel Weisz really endearing as an actress. Like yeah. she has this quality about her, which is that she's this. Where did we see her first? Like in mainstream? I was trying to think of that the other day. Is it the? It was a horror franchise, wasn't it? I can't. Uh, you're thinking. I think you're thinking of Kate Beckinsale. No, uh, but but I. That was Underworld. Yeah, that's what I thought. 
thought you might have been by no, the heart. Was she was she in like uh Ring or uh No No, what the hell was So she? so the way I remember is she was in the Brothers Bloom, uh, okay. which I love okay. that yep. movie. And and it's a similar character trope. And she was also in the Constant Gardener. Um, okay, okay. Probably. But continue. I'm sorry, I I derailed you. No, 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 that's all right. Um uh and she has this quality about her, which is that she seems to be, you know, like if if her if her her style as an actress is that she is a society person who wants to break free from that society, <laughs> yeah. but doesn't know how. Yep. And it's very endearing. Um, but so she, uh, so at some point, because it, it comes clear that the, the match quality that these two have, other than they seem to be a good match from each other, is their short, is their mutual short sightedness, something that Colin Farrell gets very jealous of another man, you know, thinking right. he might be as short sighted as he is. And so the leader of the woods takes it upon herself to blind Rachel Weiss. And I mean, blind her through surgery. Yes. Um, so that they, they're no longer equal. Shout anymore. out to house Tyrell for doing that surgery. Oh, was that way. house Tyrell? It was, it was, uh, it was the, the dude who's like kind of on game of Thrones, the sort of like old, uh, like pompous dude and house Tyrell. He's like the older, oh, fatter the, dude. The, the, he the... plays the eye doctor that blinds her. <laughs> and so when I did that, I was like, look at him actually uh, doing something. Tyrell. Uh, it was, uh, the door, the fa- uh, Marjorie's father, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was like, <laughs> what up? House Terrell. Um, anyway, he's only in for a scene. I know, and he, yeah. his, I think one his one line is "She's blind." Yeah, <laughs> like, it's She's like been... great. All right. So, so, the, so what? Uh, and of course, the, this leads to a falling out in the in the woods and that sort of thing. But it leads us to what ostensibly is the final moment of the film. They run away. They run. They they retreat away, and uh, they're at a diner. And Colin Farrell asks for a pair a set of cutlery, and he says, uh, "A steak knife, please, not a butter knife." He takes the steak knife and he says, now, initially there was a, I I felt what was going to happen was that he was going to become a seeing eye dog for her. Did you ever get that? Like, oh no, but I feel like that would have been better. Yeah. So uh, people have talked about that as well. I feel like he was going to, you know, like, cause, cause at one point she, oh God, that would have been so much better. She was asking for, no, but no. Now here's why I don't think that's why. Wow. That Fuck. <laughs> yeah, I you know like I thought that's what was going to happen and I felt the film was setting that up God because damn it. she was talking about how she wanted a dog. God. Um and and then you know he knows what the transformation room is. But the thing is um so in other words and he was willing to make that sacrifice to become a seeing eye dog for her or something like that. But that's not what happens. But that's, we're describing things that don't happen that make me well, mad. Well, I think they don't I think we're describing what the film is kind of like hinting that it will be become about. No, but disagree. Well, because that that would play into the idea that you become something that the other person needs. But what instead happens is that he go he takes his steak knife now and he goes into the bathroom and we see him trying to figure out how he's going to stab his own eyes out. Very Oedipal, by the way. Um, and, you know, like, how is this going to work? Is he going to, like, stab here? He puts some tissues in his mouth. And then the film cuts back to Rachel Weiss waiting for him to turn up. And it sits there for a good minute or so before we cut to black and we're not too sure. And the title comes up again, The Lobster. And so the question here is, I, like, now, I don't know how you felt about that ending, Matt, but I, personally, when it happened, I felt very... Huh? Has the movie ended? Like, what just happened? Um, but the more I thought about it, the more I kind of liked it. The more I enjoyed the conceit. In the same way that, for example, spoiler for the ending of The Sopranos, the, the, the you know, the Sopranos, you remember the ending of The Sopranos, right? Cut yes. to black, we're not sure what's happened. In the same way that that film ended with a cut to black, we're not too sure what happens. I think this film leaves us with a question about, is he willing 
to it's not a matter of being bitter for her or doing something that gives her makes her bitter. It's about lowering himself down to down to what she has now. So it's kind of like it's in the same way that Ben he's basically got the choice of Ben that Ben Winshaw made at the yep. beginning of the film, yep, which yep, is yep. like, do I create nosebleeds? But now I'm going to be blind. And I think how far will you go? And I, you know, like uh, I, I think it's kind of like uh, uh, what's the the physics thing? Quantum physics? The Schrodinger, Schrodinger's cat. It's it's a kind of a Schrodinger's cat of an ending, where we're not exactly. It means know, it's both endings. It's it could be both. He could do it or he could not do it. Well, yeah, and, and sure. I, and I think that's kind of it's kind of interesting. Admittedly, though, when it happened, I was a little unsatisfied by it, and I don't. And I think there are cases where films end on question marks like that that are much more satisfying to the end of the film. Uh, and I'm not sure that this is one of those cases. Uh, this ending made me fucking hate the movie. <laughs> and I want to talk about it a little bit because... Let's do it. The Let's go back to The Sopranos real quick. The reason why I didn't have a problem with The Sopranos ending. Right. The Sopranos itself, throughout its six seasons on the air, yes, Tony Soprano is the main character, but you're not just there to see if Tony Soprano lives or not. There's so much going on in that world. And to be quite frankly, they had sort of tied up all their loose ends except for this one. And then to sort of remain culturally relevant for longer than if something just happened. And that was the end of the Sopranos. They made a, a, a marketing almost call and decided to sort of just leave it open-ended. Did he get shot? Didn't he get shot? He's with his whole family, whatever. This is not the same. This movie and I, I can, I, I truly believe this is so fucking interesting in the beginning and then just, just chips away at how interesting it is as it goes for me. And then to get to the ending when, and now even the fact you said the seeing eye dog thing, which I had never heard, that would have been the most perfect goddamn ending for this thing. So the fact that people are coming up with it for, for me, that would be the, the most cathartic sort of like, oh my God. And this says so much. And it's like, it's fuck it's ah, that it's so wonderful. It makes me hate this even more because this <laughs> seems like something that, especially because the basis of this is like you become an animal. Like that's what pulled me in. Right. Yeah. And I'm not saying that needs to be the, but like that ending you described about him becoming a seeing eye dog would totally go full circle, deal a little bit with the trope and the weird thing that the movie pulled me in for yeah. and still say something very powerful about the meaning of what a relationship should be. Whereas this fucking just, ugh, I don't even know what the word is to you. Just this fucking no thought. Th th that's the thing. This whole, no, hold on. And you can, you can argue with me when I'm done and I'm almost done. This movie lives and dies by the fact that it has something to say. <laughs> it does. This whole movie has something to say about society and people and the way people are treated in various situations in life, right? So now at its cultivate its at its culmination, at the climax of this sort of message of what it's supposed to be saying about people, right? It says nothing. Because <laughs> you don't know if he did it or not. So therefore, you're left with this weird, just bad. I was left with a bad taste in my mouth, being like, are you fucking kidding me? All I need, I don't need to see him carve his eyes out. I don't, I, but like at the same time, you either need to hear a scream or you need to see him like walk away behind a window or something like to know what is actually important to the filmmaker. And, and I do think it's bullshit if it's like, well, it's important to the filmmaker for the audience to decide what the fuck. No, like you've been, you've been slamming analogy down our throat enjoyably for an hour and a half, an hour and 45 minutes. And Sorry, now I'm laughing at the 
slamming, slamming an analogy, analogy down, down your throat. throat. Enjoyably. Enjoyably. <laughs> Enjoy responsibly. But like, and then all of a sudden you're going to be like, nah, you pick. Like, fuck you, man. Like, I really liked this movie. I really did. And it goes back to my, when a movie can't stick its own fucking ending and it's proven that it has the skill and the mastery to do so. And then it just doesn't like that pisses me off. Now, the thing about what you just said is that I don't feel like it sounds, it seems like you're saying it in a way that they didn't know what the ending was themselves. And I'm, and I given how crafted the film is, what's the ending? The ending to me is that indecision of whether he will become lower than than her or not. That's and, not an ending. And to me, that is interesting. That's I, not I, an ending. I find it interesting. Now, I didn't find it satisfying, but I do think it's an ending to this film that this filmmaker wanted to tell. That is not an ending. They That movie never ended. It just stopped. There is a fucking difference. <laughs> it just stopped. The Sopranos, the reason why I put it before, I mean, a is lot of people, ending. A lot of people felt the same way about the ending of Sopranos. Then, then I know, you, but that's for, those people treated that as like one episode, how the episode ended and how that's we're never going to get more so episodes you couldn't again. possibly see this being in the same light as the Sopranos where the stop was enough of a question. No, to because the, the whole thing, the whole thing is screaming at you how much what it has to say is important. So is the Sopranos. But, but die, the Sopranos die. wrapped up all that shit. Tony and his family living or dying does not have anything to do with the importance of all of the shit that it, that. No, it doesn't. Because it, it, it already at, by six seasons, it had already wrapped up sort of all of the importance of the roller coaster based on family and crime and all that shit. It had already done it. Yeah, sure. I, I, here, I don't believe it had. But and continue. here it just didn't. You're you're going through and you're saying society is making you do this thing and you have to do it or else this fantastical kind of awful but maybe cool thing will happen and then eventually it just slowly goes away from the thing that makes it the most interesting and then it can't even decide whether or not the I, main I character fucking of, makes a decision I don't or not. Think it's a matter of indecision. I think it's a matter of this is what the filmmaker wants us to leave the film with. And here's the thing is that I think so. What's ending, he trying to say? But the ending that that he is sitting up with the seeing eye dog thing, which is what I completely just that's what I read in to the film was that that ending would be the happy ending for these two characters. It's about these two characters being happy together. And if anything, this filmmaker is going out of his way to defy expectation. You can make that, you can make that ending sad too. He could become a dog that isn't capable of being a seeing eye dog. He 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 was willing to sacrifice himself for her. He said to her, I I'm, she says, are you willing to do that? He, He doesn't say what, and he says yes. I'm and he says wrong. yes, but saying things. So he I, he said to the fucking. Maker. He said to the heartless woman. He said he'd be with her, and then he fucking wasn't because she's a goddamn psychopath. Because she kicked his dog to death. I know she wasn't able to deal with. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is, is he said a this, lot of things. He said a lot of things in this film, and that doesn't mean he's going to do it. But does that mean the question that the film leaves you with here is: Is he actually capable of having a relationship? He seems to be wanting one, but is he actually capable? Right, of one? and or it is he doesn't or, answer it or. It could, because he makes a point of uh, of going after Ben Winshaw's character for faking it. Yep. But is he willing to do to fake it on that same level himself, or is he willing to just walk away? Is he? I think that's an interesting question. It's and an interesting I, question, but it's not a good ending. I think it's an interesting question. And I think, I feel like, here's the thing, the dog ending that I posited, which I certainly feel the film sits up, would probably be a happy ending, but not the kind of story this filmmaker wants to tell. I don't care if the ending's happy or sad. I just want it to you happen. Wanted to, you wanted to conform, I want it you wanted to conform to what you want. And I don't think that this, that's anything that this filmmaker wants to do. This he is did, not a, he, he did not make a, he made a choice not to choose. And yeah. that to me 
is probably worse than picking an ending that I fucking hate. Do you know what I mean? Like at least an ending I hate. Like what if he stabbed his eyes out and they wrapped it up and like, okay, let's go. And then they've decided they're not in love and that's the end or something. That's a that's, shit ending. That's a shit ending. I think this is a better ending than that. This ending to me or this non ending says to me that he couldn't think of a, I, yeah. oh, I think you're being entirely no. dismissive. Of nope. This. this is a filmmaker who you just praised the entire yep. way through for his ability to control. Do you legitimately think that he got to the end of this film and was like, fuck, I don't know. I think he got. That's horseshit. I'm sorry, got, that is complete horseshit. I think he got to the end yeah. of this movie and slowly throughout it, I do have to say, the skill at which it was going and yeah. the skill at which it engrossed me and sort yeah. of got me into the tone that he had sort of set up and the, and the things he wanted to talk about was slipping away the entire you, time. You legitimately think that he didn't have the ending and then they went into this film. I think he thinks. <laughs> I, this, again, I don't know him. Yeah. I don't know, but this is what, the, what this, this non ending says to me is that he there is not something that he feels comfortable enough saying there's not an actual sort of what what is he saying in this movie what is what is the point of this entire fucking now, film here's the is, point. no no answer like because okay here's the point of this entire and this entire yes. film to me is it doesn't matter that rachel weiss and colin farrell get together okay doesn't matter no i'm asking you doesn't matter if it, if it doesn't the really, the story moves it to that point where that's the only thing that, that is not the only in thing the that, story. That yes. Is the analogies the, go back and forth. The analogy goes back and forth completely. And it's not, but it doesn't, but and, by and, the end, and, it doesn't focus on the analogies. You get what I'm saying? It slowly starts putting more and more screen time and pressure on these two characters coming together for whatever reason. But and it doesn't the, matter if they're going to get together or not. Doesn't matter. To me, by the end, I didn't care because you because we've set up a society, for example, in this in this world where being together is is an entirely predetermined thing, whether you have a match sure. or not. So it doesn't matter if these two people get together. I if, just said to me, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. So it doesn't matter if they get together or not. Right. So this movie basically. So at the end, when they when we're when, not and certain, nothing happens. Yes. No, we're not certain if it did, if they did or they didn't. They could have, and maybe they will just continue to fall apart in a different way, or they could not get together, and the film will continue. I'm saying that is an interesting point to leave this relationship at. I feel like the ending that I described that I feel in the film was sitting up would probably be not satisfying to what this filmmaker is interested in. Well, we're going over. So and the, the final thing I will say about that is if yes, if truly it's not supposed to matter if these characters get together. I don't think it is. Right. But this is my this is my whole ending of the entire thing for me. If that's not important, then why is the entire movie building to that? And the fact, hold on, can I finish a fucking thought? I don't think the film is building to that. Okay, keep talking, keep talking. I I don't think the film is building to that. And I think think you being upset at this ending, because you, I don't have a problem with you being dissatisfied with this ending. That's totally fine. That seems very contrary to what you're saying. No, no, I don't have a problem with you being dissatisfied with this ending. But the way you're framing it is as though this filmmaker didn't make the film that he wanted to make. And he completely made the film. He made the film that he he wanted wanted to to make. make. Sure. That's the point. But what my point is, he starts focusing on things that mean less and less to the, what I feel (laughs) the original meaning of this entire film is. And then by the time we get to that point, it's gone so sort of off of the rails in a weird way of why I came to see this movie that having this non ending. Yes. It just stops the movie, but that's because it's all, it's kind of dry. I keep moving the up analogy. It's dropped interest down so far where this is the only way it could not end because it's just, huh? 
That's it's just there's nothing there's nothing said to me at the end. Do I think he cho- of, of course he chose this and, and maybe I worded it improperly in the beginning. And that's why you're kind of upset with the way I'm feeling about this. No, I'm not upset with the way you're feeling about it. I'm just upset with the way you're framing it as though this filmmaker lost interest in his film. I, no, he didn't lose interest, but something definitely happened where the 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 way this thing is painted slowly made me lose interest. I think in it. you lost interest in the film as it went along. And there's a reason for that, because if it had maintained the level of excellence that it had started with, I would not have. And that's just it. And I do think the ending is the perfect sort of awful cherry on the, on this amazing cake. <laughs> so look, we're going way over and we could go back and forth, but um, at end of the day, do I think you should see this movie? Yeah. And make a call for yourself to see if this kind of ending works for you or not i think you should write us in because i think we're very heated about this ending right now and i think it's a it's a it's a discussion worthwhile continuing yeah do you think that stories should have endings or should it just be up to us i mean that's only movie podcast (laughs) at gmail.com write in for the final words on this film oh god we're so over jesus shahir where can people find you uh shahirdad.com s-h-a-h-i-r-d-a wait stop don't say it because if you say it then that's the end I'm just kidding. Keep going. See how unsatisfying that is. <laughs> it's unsatisfying for you. But imagine if we just cut out and cut to black, right? And people would, <laughs> people would hate it. I'm sorry. People say would it. hate it, but people might find it meta in terms of what oh, we've been talking about this entire it. film. I won't do it. I'm sorry to have interrupted. Oh it's your website. I, re- I want us to cut to black at the end of this film. We won't. Yep. Nope. Shahirdad.com. <laughs> S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-U-D.com. Uh, you can email us in about this ending, which has gotten us so heated at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at onlymoviepod. Uh, Matthew Kroll, where can we find you? Uh, not, uh, not waxing lyrical about the state of the end. Oh, wow. Uh, Matthew Kroll, M-A-T-T-H-W-K-R-O-L.com. Also, Skeletor, the number four P-R-E-Z on Instagram and Emperor MSK on Twitter. Also, go to the Facebook page, the only podcast about movies, where we uh, have a nice little conversation, normally more calm than this, although some of the stuff on there pisses we- me off. <laughs> um, and then uh, also, please, uh, iTunes reviews. If you like our show, if you don't like our show, just go and rate it uh, and, and tell us what you think and um and and how much you love us yelling at each other about movies or hate it you know whatever uh but yeah so this has been the only podcast about the lobster do you think there's actually others i actually i, I would be i i'm sure there are a couple of others i mean but, i know we're always but, the only one but but i i would venture not to google for them because they're just not out there no they're, they're not they're, they're, they're we've not, tried we've researched we've, yeah we did research Shahir cutting to black now. Uh,